Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Don here, and I wanted to welcome you to another installment of Moa's Ark, where you all know this is where God dwells, where Jesus reigns, the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Right before I came on, I wanted to see when was the last time I did a recording. And I think it was, as a matter of fact, I know it was on August the 30th. So we are in uh, the month of November 2020. Today is November 2nd. So let's see that September, October. All right. So we've been two months, two months, August the 30th. Uh, So I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful. God has been dealing with me in the area of spiritual warfare. And I wanted to come on and just share just share today and hopefully and prayerfully what I'm walking through and going through. God will help (laughs) others and we can be a help one to another with the kingdom. But I believe, I believe that it is imperative that we get back to the basics, get back to the basics. We are approaching the last two months of the year of 2020. And many people have looked at this year because of all of the challenges and the obstacles, everything that we've been through. We've never in my lifetime, in my lifetime, have we ever gone through as much uh, uh, trauma, (laughs) you know, in our world. As we have seen in 2020, and I'm saying in my lifetime, I'm 45 years old. So in my lifetime, I've never, ever, ever seen it. We have struggled and dealt with the pandemic. We are under a struggle and dealing with an economic crisis in our country, uh, struggling with uh, a racial, uh, uh, social uh, unrest in our country, uh, and even in our own individual lives, in my own personal life. My family has come under such a severe attack, such a, a severe attack of the enemy. So this year has been unique to my earthly experience, but God has shown me something. We've got to get back to the basics, and I thank God for it. Um, He showed me at the end of last year, early this year, that 2020 was going to be the year that the foundation will be laid for the next 10 years. So what does that mean? What did that mean when God shared that? That meant that he's reestablishing, he is recreating, and in some areas he's making a fresh and new, a foundation that is going to be sturdy enough to sustain us and to hold us for the next 10 years. And I believe it. I don't see that anything that has happened to date is is contrary to the word that was spoken. And as much as I have been through some trials, baby, and some tribulations in 2020, I still see the hand of God. I still acknowledge his glory. I thank him for his grace and his mercy and the fact that he has allowed us 
to get to this state and point. So anyway, I want to talk today about spiritual warfare because I believe that it's going to help us. It's going to help us get through it. We, you know, we kind of get away from stuff. We get so busy and then we find ourselves in a situation we in today and wonder why, or at least me. So let's see if the lessons I've learned will help you. All right, prepare yourselves for a study. I thank God that you're here with me. I'll be right with you. All right, so let's let's try to jump into uh, this study for today. And I'm, I'm going to say this up front so that uh, no matter what direction <laughs> this conversation goes in, that we have a clear understanding that we are always in spiritual warfare. We are always in war, whether we are on the offensive or on the defensive. We are always in war. And every single solitary thing that manifests or that is experienced in the visible, physical world is a manifestation of what originated in the invisible spiritual world. So it has its origin there. And then on top of what we're experiencing in the physical realm, there is a parallel uh, uh, operation that is going on at the same time. Time. So we are constantly, constantly in, at war. And that's why the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. It's not, you know, to, to scare us or, or to, to, to develop a spirit of fear, but it's just a reality. And as much as we woke up this morning and we had to inhale and exhale <laughs> in order to breathe, uh, the same is just as real, relevant, and needed that we operate and function in spiritual warfare. And what I'm going to share today, it, it may not be, you know, this profound revelation. It may just be a, a, a study that will help us to, or help to remind us of the things that we already know and to prompt and promote and provoke us to action. <clears throat> because I can tell you for myself, I know that uh, laying down my weapons of warfare and not leveraging the tools that God has given me uh, in in the authority by which I walk in has resulted in a very... from the enemy, uh, very intense, very intense. And, um, and so I want to help somebody the way that God has helped me. Amen. So we got to get into this study, but like I said, if you don't hear anything else that I say, know and understand that we are at all times in spiritual warfare, And everything that we experience in the natural has its origin from the spirit realm. We are, we are spiritual beings. I've heard this before, uh, living 
a human experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience versus being human beings having a spiritual experience. It's not that. And so we've got to learn how to war. We got to learn how to war because even if we don't want to be involved in the world, in, in the war, in the war, it doesn't matter. It does not matter because you will, <laughs> you will have to fight or just outright get beat up. And that's just, it's it, the only way I can, I can help you understand this thing is real. This thing is real. It's not a, a figment of our imagination. It's not some mystical, you know, uh, uh, magical, you know, uh, whatever uh, type of thing. This is real. This is real. It's just as real as you hearing my voice today. We are spiritual beings. And there is a war that we have nothing, absolutely no control over, nothing to do with. It is a war with the enemy trying to battle a God that we serve. And God has equipped us and empowered us to succeed. But the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy us. He knows that his time is running out. He knows and understands that his judgment has already been set. So he want to take as many of us out as possible. And we've got to get to the point where we fight even when we don't want to fight. I've shared in previous podcasts before about how when I was younger, when I was in grade school, middle school, uh, high school, I was a fighter. I was a fighter. That's what I did. In my neighborhood, because of the mouth I had, I didn't take nothing from nobody. And I, and every altercation ended up in a fight. And sometimes we would fight people. <laughs> and, you know, the next day we'd be back friends because we didn't have nobody else to play with on the block. And everybody had to stay on the block. <clears throat> I remember a time. When uh, growing up, I, I always say, whenever I knew, I knew whenever I got into a fight, I don't care how close you were to our family. I don't care, you know, if my daddy knew you or, or whatever, whenever we would get into a fight and I heard somebody say, Butch coming, I knew I won. I, I knew, I knew Butch being my father, for those who, who have not heard this story before, but my father was a protector and he was he was a very worldly man and so he was from the streets <laughs> so he protected us and shielded us and we were very sheltered as a family my dad didn't let us engage in that lifestyle but he was out there but anyway he had a a rule and a principle that he followed to a T when it came to his children. Anytime we were engaged actively in a fight, he's not coming and grabbing his child. He's coming and grabbing the other person. So knowing that, anytime I would fight, I know I get a few more licks in <laughs> before, <laughs> before it was over. And, and it's not that my father encouraged us to fight. But one thing about him, he was about his children winning, his family, you know, because that was a reflection of him. <clears throat> and so even, you know, beyond fighting anywhere, he would need to tip the odds. 
in our favor, uh, external to his, his home or his unit. Anything external to us was fair game. So anytime he needed to tip the odds uh, in favor of his children, he would do it. I remember one time, uh, and this is going to uh, understanding that even when you don't want to fight, sometimes you're going to have to fight. And I remember I did a, a genogram a few years back, and I've, I've, I've recanted this uh, over and over, just, just understanding the, the, the way that the enemy positioned people to carry out his um, will and carry out his uh, biddings concerning me. Uh, it started even in my childhood. And so this particular incident, I was, I was going to a new middle school. So when I was growing up, we had a, um, what do you call those schools? Um, it was a, a gifted, it was a school for gifted children and gifted in a sense of academics or, you know, if you had a certain talent or things like that, but mostly and mainly focused on academics. So you would have to score high in order to go to this school. <clears throat> and so, of course, uh, being a Courtney kid, I was able to score high enough to get into the school. And so my first year, as I shared, I was a fighter. So because of the trouble that I was getting into, my parents decided that the, the next year I would uh, go back to our local, our neighborhood uh, middle school. And not to mention, I had a sister who was going to the school with me as well, but she went on from middle school to high school. So now they didn't have anybody to watch me and keep me out of trouble or at least tell on me. <laughs> um, you know, so so they made that decision. So within maybe the first day or so, and I'm thinking now it had to be my first week in school, but it always seems like it was my first day or so. I, for some reason, rubbed this young boy the wrong way. And I remember his name was Kevin, Kevin Banks. And uh, we had a, we had a Kevin and we had a Kelvin. And up until that time, I had only been in school with uh, children that were in my direct neighborhood. So when we went to elementary school, it was just the kids within a certain radius, uh, you know, in, in the blocks around us. So these were people that I started out kindergarten all the way up through. And so although, like I said, the, the fights, we would fight or whatever, be right back friends. And it was more, uh, the neighborhoods we lived in, it was more like we were family. Okay. So going off to middle school, the, the radius broadened and there were children that were coming from different neighborhoods that we didn't know anything about. I didn't know anything about. And so that foundational year, which would have been, you know, the first year in middle school, I was at another school. So I didn't get to know all of the new children uh, that we were exposed to. Anyway, for whatever reason, I rubbed this young boy the wrong way. And so that day, he said we were going to fight after school. And I'm thinking to myself, I really don't want to fight a boy, you know, but if I have to fight, we're going to fight. You know, I wasn't going to back down to the fight. 
And so I got into a fight with the boy and, and he wind up busting my nose. And I still, to this day, have some problems with my nose. You know, in the wintertime, it would, you know, I would get sores and things like that. But I think maybe five or six years ago, I found a little home remedy that I used. And I started, you know, healing it with Neosporin. And uh, it doesn't get as bad as it used to be. But, you know, I still kind of get the sores or whatever in the, in the wintertime. And so uh, I got into the situation with him, and he just wanted to fight. And so we fought. He bust my nose. And, of course, my daddy was, ooh, he was so mad. He came up to the school, cussed the mama out, <laughs> cussed, the, cussed the principal out, cussed everybody out. And <clears throat> within days of that time, because we, we got suspended from school, and then we were brought back. And there was a girl who was a friend of his, and I'll never forget this girl. I, I, I really wish I could reconnect with some of these people, and not in a you know personal way maybe, but just to know that they're okay, and and you know because I don't really remember half the people that I grew up with. But anyway, this young lady's name was Atiba Murray, and the reason I remember her name is because I think we had two Atibas, um, and. Uh, this one, you know, a little chocolate girl, and I never had a problem with her other than I fought this boy, and so I was kind of upset that she wanted to fight me, and I, I you know, kind of liked the little girls that they were hanging with, so I was upset because I felt like I was more of a fit with them. Um, anyway, when I, you know, got to know people a little bit better, um, and, and so she wanted to fight me. So this particular day, they decide it was going to be fight day. So they followed me from the school. And so our home was probably about six or seven blocks away from the school. They followed me home and all the way, I'm thinking to myself, if I just make it to our street, <laughs> if I could just make, and I'm thinking some way, somehow, my daddy was going to come and save me if I could just make it to my street. Because at this point, it's a lot of kids following me home. And I knew that even though the one girl who said she wanted to fight me, she was so vocal about it that if she and I began to fight, then our girls were going to jump me. So I, I knew what was going to happen. And I... I, I got to my block and I got midway. I mean, I got to my street. I got midway down the first block. And I, I, I almost want to say the girl's name was Crystal. Came out and I, I learned later, you know, years later that she had passed away. I believe uh, one of my siblings told me that she passed away. But she and I kind of grew up relationship after this. <laughs> But they were walking me home and she comes out and she said, all of y'all not going to fight her. If y'all want to fight, it's going to be a one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm still thinking to myself, you know, I really didn't want to fight the one girl because, you know, one, I wanted to be her friend. But two, you know, it seemed like we was going to go head and head and I didn't know whether I would win or not. And so 
Uh, we get to fighting. We get to scrapping. We we going. We fight. Next thing I know, I heard somebody say, "Here come Butch." <laughs> and no sooner than I heard it, I knew I had won the fight. I knew I won the fight, and I just got to fighting the girl and you know hitting her and fighting her and fighting back. And she, next thing I know, my dad was grabbing her. And I got a few extra licks in and I'm turning, walking down the street with my dad at this point because he broke up the fight. And I'm walking, I'm feeling proud, like, okay, whatever, 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 you know. But what I learned then growing up is that even when you don't want to fight, Even if you don't want to fight, you're going to have to fight. And so I learned little things or techniques. I never was a good hitter, you know, because I never could hit real hard for whatever reason. Thank God, you know, but because I probably would have been worse. I probably honestly would have been a bully if I knew how to hit good. (laughs) But I was more of a I'll lift you up and throw you down you know, type of person, because for whatever reason, I had this upper strength, you know, uh, you know, a lot of upper strength, and I just learned young how to just flip people, and if I got you, that it was it, but if I punched you, you probably walk away like, girl, whatever, <laughs> oh boy, but my father, being the protector that he is, and he was, he made sure that I had an advantage. Even though there was a group of children who were ready to fight me, God used that young lady as an angel to come out, and she was like, "Uh uh-uh, oh, y'all not gonna, no, mm -mm. this gonna be a fair fight. And so, uh, growing up, when I turned my life over to Christ, I found myself in a similar predicament as I did in the natural because it was like, you know, here I am, always thrown into battle, fights I don't even want to have because I don't want to fight people. I don't want to fight. But sometimes I have to. A lot of times I keep my mouth shut when I'm in the middle of a battle because I don't even want to go there with people. I don't even want to go there because I know if I go there with you, (laughs) it may not end the way that you expect it to end. All right? So when we are in spiritual warfare we have to know and understand that there are three levels three basic levels that we need to conquer and those three basic levels that we need to conquer are personal defensive and offensive We need to saturate our minds with the belt of truth. We need to live right. 
and guard ourselves with the breastplate of righteousness. And we need to wield the word of God, which is the sword of truth. We have to first and foremost protect ourselves when we're dealing with spiritual warfare. So these are some of the things that we need to learn how to do. The other level is defensive. You know, many of you, like me, we're not just called to protect ourselves, but we're called to protect those who we love. We must protect our family members and our loved ones by engaging in spiritual warfare. We have to pray without ceasing and cover them with the armor. We have to express and live our lives before them by faith. And we have to use the shield of faith to cover them. That's why a lot of times when I'm going through, I back up. I back all the way up because I don't want to lose my witness with my family. And I know when I'm war, when it's war time, you might inadvertently get a <laughs> the other level is the offensive spiritual warfare is is not just defensive it's also offensive and I know many of you are familiar with you know sports and things like that I'm not as much I don't know a lot about sports But I do know that their offensive game is different than their defensive game. We have to know and understand that we, as believers, we actually have the high ground. We have the high ground. We have the upper hand. We have the ability to strategize and to build a a trap for the enemy. We have the authority to take the ground from the enemy. To war on behalf of those who don't even know God. To war for the lost. We have to walk in the spirit. We got to walk in the spirit by putting on the shoes of the of readiness and allowing the spirit to direct and order our steps. We have to learn how to war on these levels. We And like I said, I'm not trying to bring you revelation. I mean, although some people will get it, but many of us, we already know this. When Paul was speaking in Ephesians 6 and 12, when he said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil, In the heavenly realm. See, when he said that, he wasn't talking about 
mystical things or science fiction or, you know, something that's made up in our heads. He's, he's telling us the truth of what we deal with. And as a Christian, I struggled early in my Christian walk with this scripture because one, I was under demonic influence where I needed deliverance <laughs> because I wanted to take it to the physical fight. Which I'll tell you today, I ain't fight nobody. I'm not fighting nobody except the enemy. Now, that don't mean that I'm not going to defend myself. <laughs> I just got means and methods so I won't have to physically fight because that ain't me. But if we know and understand that the origin of spiritual warfare begins in the spirit realm, then you can divert and avert uh, physical fights anyway if you deal with them in the spirit. But what I was doing was I was not addressing certain things in the natural like having a conversation or dealing with and uh, managing conflict because I was like, uh-uh, this is not flesh and blood. And sometimes I wish I would have engaged and learning a technique of warring in the spirit and addressing what needed to be addressed in, um, in the natural. There's an art to it. There's an art to spiritual warfare. We can't ignore the warning signs. We can't ignore, you know, recently here um, in, in the world, really, all around the world, we've been having a bunch of uh, bad weather, hurricanes and forest fires and, I mean, just a bunch of stuff just happening. And... We get the forecast, but if we ignore that thing and we become subject to the effects of the negative impact that these this weather brings, we, we have no one to blame but ourselves. God has given us spiritual authority and he's given us uh, discernment. He's given us his Holy Spirit. That will warn us of things that need to be addressed in the spirit realm. The mental and emotional struggles, the addictions, trouble in marriages, divorces, Neglected children, broken, disobedient uh, uh, relationship, broken lives. All of these things are a byproduct of or a result of the lack of spiritual warfare or our participation. It is the effect of our inability to war and to operate in a position of victory that God has given us. 
Now, I mean, the reality is Jesus already, he won the war. He won the war and and he defeated death in the grave. But it doesn't mean that we don't have to still battle. That just means that we have the power and the authority to win as well. We can apply that same victory in our lives and in the lives of our family members. But we got to know how to do it. So let's get to it. You have to saturate yourself with truth. Saturate yourself with truth. This is, this is one of the first pieces of spiritual armor that Paul gave us in Ephesians. When he was writing to the Christians in Ephesians, he told them, he said, look, you got to put on the belt of truth buckled around your waist. He said, you got to put on the belt of truth. And, and really, it's not... Because sometimes I get a little tripped up. But we don't have to focus on the pieces of armor and, and, and what they're attached to per se. Just understand that we have to saturate ourselves with truth. And what does that mean? What does that mean? It don't mean that you saturate yourself with truth around your waist. Now, this this, this is something, and I, I was trying, that's why I'm studying a little bit, because I didn't want to go there, because I don't really get it, and I don't try to be so analytical and deep. But it's something about truth being around your waist. And I've been dealing with uh, just a better understanding of our gut and how, you know, the gut releases to the brain. And a lot of what goes on in our gut impacts what happens in our brain, more specifically around serotonin. And, and what it omits in the brain and releases in the brain. And that controls and a lot of time regulates our levels of depression and happiness and joy and all of that stuff. But anyway, just looking at that scripture, it makes me wonder where's the connection and the tie. But anyway, I don't understand it that well. I just know there's something to it. But if we know that God is true and that Jesus calls Satan in John 8 and 44 the father of lies, then that means that when we are surrounding ourselves with lies or falsehoods, we're not saturating ourselves with the truth. And we're giving the enemy a platform to lie to us, to distract us, and ultimately to defeat us. How do you saturate yourself with truth? You got to get in his word. You got to get in his word. I was uh, praying this morning with my daughter. 
And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get into uh, some of some of these prayers uh, that I wanted to share. But I was praying with her and I was reminded that when I was going to one ministry, we would pray a prayer. And we would pray against those who prayed, P-R-E-Y, against us and those who came against us. And we would pray Psalm 109, Psalm 140, Deuteronomy, can't even remember, I think it was 30 or something like that, Isaiah 54, 14, I think. But we would pray those and 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 it wasn't that I didn't know the scriptures. I was familiar with the scriptures, but like I said earlier, I'm not one who would memorize the scripture, but I get the gist of what the scripture meant. So maybe I had the <clears throat> main verse in the context verse, right? And I was praying with these people this prayer. And so this morning, I was listening to Psalms, and so I wanted to listen to 109 and, and 140, and I'm telling, David, mm, I said, yeah, I don't pray them kind of prayers against people. Now, I war against them demons, but this guy, he was praying, he said, he told God, send Satan and turn their prayers into sin. He said, make their children orphans. I mean, some prayers. And I believe that when we engage in that type of prayer. Now, now David, he was a warrior. He was in a different time. And I believe the Holy Spirit, even though God's spirit, I'm not going to get into that, but I believe the Holy Spirit was present even in the Old Testament. Everyone just didn't have access to it. It's it's in the Bible. It's in the Word. He he said that his spirit came over them oftentimes, but everybody didn't have access to it. But the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. And see, that's why I can only love my enemies. It's, 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 it's hard for me to hate people. <laughs> and again, because I know the authority that I walk in, a lot of times I'm very careful about what I say in prayer. I'm very careful about what I proclaim. Now, now there are times that God will use his vessels to call forth judgment in the earth on those who have uh, uh, attacked his kingdom. Now, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, now, let's, let's kind of revisit this because I don't want us to get into witchcraft and start praying curses and hexes on people inadvertently thinking we praying the word of God, the will of God, because we speak in scripture. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will help me if I'm stepping out of order. But but that scripture, and I, I just feel compelled 
to go to it real quick. And I'm going to get back to this. I'm going to tell y'all what what we need to do because we're still talking about it. Saturating yourself with truth. Ephesians 6 and 14. The belt of truth buckled around your waist. We got to know truth. So since I'm talking about it, let's get in there. Y'all sit up here praying these prayers. What was what was the other scriptures? Because I, I wrote it down. And I cannot find my uh, written prayers from years ago. When I was at this ministry, I was taught to write down my prayers. To be very deliberate uh, about how... I pray for my family and to write down my prayers. Okay, so it's Deuteronomy 30 and 7, Psalms 109, Psalms 140, and Isaiah 54 and 17. I think I got that right. But I'm going to read this to y'all real quick because y'all got to know. And, and, And the point that I was making is that we open up the door and we open up gates to spiritual warfare and demonic attack not even knowing what we're doing not even knowing what we're speaking and some people I'm I'm telling you the truth some of these people that were engaged in demonic warfare and we had the deliverance ministry and all of that some of them have plum lost their minds I'm just being honest mental illness I've seen a decline in their cognitive, you know, state and and when you talk to them, they just all over the place and 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 living in this world of fantasy and not reality. There's a there's a disconnect there. And I believe that it is a direct tie with us doing things in ignorance that we didn't even know that we were inviting these uh um uh attacks against our mind because I believe that witchcraft is directly rooted in and tied to mental illness. Believe me, it is. It is. But anyway, so praying that prayer, I had to repent. My goodness, I had to repent about that because I ain't praying that against nobody. But let me tell y'all what what David said. And y'all know I use the um, I use the message Bible and if you don't like the message then you read it for yourself but I gotta read this so that you hear it and you know that when we're going to spiritual warfare now any place that David inserted a human being uh, let's leave that out but if you want to pray this prayer against a demon, I don't know where they get teeth or ears from. But anyway, that that may be legal. But no, we don't we don't pray. And and let me be clear, in as much as David is an example for us, many lessons that he learned that we can learn from, but he is not the example for us to follow. He's an example. And we can get many lessons learned. But Jesus 
is the example for us to follow. And I never heard Jesus say these things, but here we go. Psalms 109, he said, my God, don't turn a deaf ear to my hallelujah praise. All right, he good there. Liars are pouring out invective, invective, if I'm saying it incorrectly, I-N-V-E-C-T-I-V-E on me. Their lying tongues are like a pack of dogs out to get me, barking their hate, nipping my heels, and for no reason, I love them, and now they slander me. Yes, me. Come on now. I felt that. And treat my prayers like a crime. They return my good with evil and return my love with hate. Now, up until there, I was right with David. I said, yeah, I know a few. As a matter of fact, on yesterday, <laughs> I know a few. Woo, Jesus, that treat me the same way. Until we got to num- to chapter, uh, I mean, to uh, uh, verse 6. Verse 6. Come on, our brain. He says, send the evil one to accuse my accusing judge. Dispatch Satan to persecute them, to prosecute them. That's what he said. He said, when he's judged, let the verdict be guilty. And when when he prays, let his prayer turn into sin. He said, give him a short life. And give his job to somebody else. Come on now. He said, make orphans of his children. Dress his wife in widow's weeds. <laughs> he said, turn his children into begging street urchins. Come on. Evicted from their homes. Homeless. Make the bank foreclosure and foreclose and wipe him out. And strangers like vultures pick him clean. May there be no one around to help him out. No one willing to give his orphans a break. Chop down his family tree so that nobody even remembers his name. Come on. But erect a memorial of his sin, of the sin of his fathers, and make sure his mother's name is there too. Their sins recorded forever before God. But they themselves sunk in oblivion. That's all he deserves since he was never once kind. Hounded the afflicted and heartbroken to their graves. Since he loved cursing so much. Listen to this. He said, let curses rain down. Since he had no taste for blessing, let blessings flee far from him. He dressed up in curses like a fine suit of clothes. He drank curses, took his baths in curses. (laughs) So give him a gift, a custom, a costume, I'm sorry, of curses. He can wear curses every day of the week. David is not playing. He said, that's what they'll get. Those out to get me an avalanche of deserts from God. Oh, (laughs) I knew that didn't make sense. An avalanche of just desserts from God. In 21 through 25, he said, 
Oh God, my God, step in. Work a miracle for me. You can do it. Get me out of here. Your love is so great. I'm at the end of my rope. My life in ruins. I'm fading away to nothing, passing away. My youth gone old before my time. I'm weak from hunger and heart, and I can hardly stand up. My body, a rack of skin and bones. I'm a joke and poor taste to those who see me. They take one look and shake their heads. Help me, oh, help me, God, my God. Save me through your wonderful love. Then they'll know that your hand is in this, that you, God, have been at work. Let them curse all they want. You do the blessing. Let them be jeered by the crowd when they stand up, followed by cheers from me, your servant. Dress my accusers and clothes dirty with shame, discarded and humiliating old rag bad clothes. My mouth's full of great praise for God. I'm singing his hallelujah surrounded by crowds for he's always at hand to take the side of the needy to rescue a life from the unjust judge. Come on. Now how many of y'all and I know somebody listening to this done prayed this prayer over other human beings. Stop it. Stop it. I'm not even going to try to read 140 because I read too slow. <laughs> so y'all go and read them other scriptures. Stop praying that over people. Saturate yourself with God's truth. Saturate yourself with God's truth. Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said, love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use, abuse, and and attack and come against you. He said, pray for them. Pray for them. This right here, that's not praying for, that's praying against. And we are opening up the door to witchcraft. This is not God's will. Pray for their soul salvation. That'll do you more good. When you want to start praying, God, take their job. Uh, make their children orphans. And I mean, he said he he coined the little thing we used to do back in the day when we played the, the, the dozens. We say your mama, your daddy, your whole generation. He said, he said, this is funny. He said, take them out, wipe them out so that they'll go into oblivion. But 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 do this thing. Lift up the sins of their mother and father. Let that be written. Let that let there be a record of that. Come on now. That's not how you war. That's 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 how David wore. That was a weapon that he needed to use because he didn't have the Holy Ghost. Mm. He didn't have the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of him. He didn't have the power and the authority. Come on now. He didn't have the power and the authority that God has given us to war, to war in the spirit. And in the spirit, it ain't no flesh. It ain't no flesh. We ain't warring against flesh and blood. Y'all stop asking God to kill folk. That is witchcraft. That is witchcraft. God has nothing to do with that. 
right, what was I saying? So saturate yourself, saturate yourself. Get out of this media. I had to delete my social media. I deleted my Facebook. I had to get away. I had to get away. I, I really, you talk about mental illness. I felt like I was losing my mind. I've, I've come under such great attack in my own household with my own children, my own family, and the enemy is trying to destroy from the inside out. And so things started to happen and I started feeling jabs from people that I'm thinking to myself, why are they coming against me? And so once I get to that point where I'm starting to feel things that are not there, but, but could be there. <laughs> Remember, David said, let God be the judge between me and thee. Everything I'm discerning ain't off. Everything ain't off. Even though people will throw the rock and hide their hands, they'll say, oh, no, I, I never meant that because it's intuitive. I, I, can't, I can't say if that was on your mind or not. I can't read your mind. But I know I'm, I'm picking something up. I'm discerning something. So if it's me or you, let me back away. So, so I shut down my social media. I stopped looking at, you know, the, the news all day and, and focusing on that. I just had to get before God. I, I had to get into his presence because I said, Lord, I know your instruction to me. You instructed me to cover the family and to war for the family. But the enemy wants me. He wants me to back up. <laughs> and you know people do silly stuff they do little silly stuff little you know I, I i call them gnat demons you know little gnat things you know just just little irritants trying to stir up mess and so usually and typically i could just overlook it but sometimes i want to speak to it and that's what god is is he's conditioning me it's conditioned me. Ain't that funny? Where I got, I got the adverse of the same issue that God is trying to work out of me. I get so quiet. I get real quiet in the midst of warfare. I get real quiet where I need to be fighting. I need to be opening up my mouth. I need to be declaring some things. But sometimes I just don't say nothing. Because the pain becomes so intense and so great that I get like Elijah, I go hide. <laughs> like, come on now. Come on now. And I don't want to be found guilty of speaking curses over things or people when I'm out of order. Now, I'm going to tell you sometimes, sometimes, sometimes God will, will use me to call for judgment where he's given ample opportunity to repent. And sometimes that judgment is, is designed to get your attention. Hmm. I know I was faced with something, and I'm not even going to go too far into detail, but I was faced with something, and I kept saying, nope. I said, no, God, I'm, 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 I can't speak to it. I can't, I can't speak on it. 
and the warfare became so intense and the attack became so intense. I mean, just just beaten, 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 beaten. And not me, but someone that I love. And just like my daddy was my protector, I had to, I had to, I had to shut it down. I had to shut it down. And because I know, hey, I know the power and the authority of the words that I speak. When the word of God says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. We have a great responsibility to speak life, to speak life, to speak life. And when God has called us to cause judgment to come, we better know that we know that we are speaking the word of God. That's why you cannot play with this thing. That's why you cannot dibble and dabble into stuff that is not godly, praying uh, uh, psalms and, and Deuteronomy and some of the other Old Testament uh, prayers. Uh-uh. We don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do that. But in this instance, you know, I just, I began to pray. And and when I tell you this, to this day, I see, I see the, the manifestation. I see it. And so that's why sometimes I just get so quiet because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And that's what God is. He's he's working that out of me. He's working that out of me. And he's saying, if you just saturate yourself with my truth and how do you do that? You got to get into my presence. You got to get into my word. And and sometimes I have, you know, different ministers that I love uh, listening to that I trust because everybody ain't clean, everybody intentions ain't there. And and most recently, this is this is what God has, has been dealing with me on. Uh, a lot of these ministers who are uh, leveraging the gospel as a revenue generator, God said, back away from them. I'm telling you the truth. He said, back, back, back away from them. So I can listen to you. I can... Uh, Follow, you know, what God is, is giving you for his people. But as soon as I see that iniquity, I got to back up. I got to back up. So, so I do understand. But if you can't find someone that you trust that can um, share the word of God with you, then just listen to his word. I, I love these uh, Bible apps. And, and I believe the word of God to be the only infallible word of God. I believe it to be the truth. I believe it to be, you know, and and our interpretation of that or, or our teachings that come behind that may be fallible. But I believe the word to be the word. And so if you just sit and listen and let God speak to you, like I said, like he spoke to me. Now, I done been in the word for years. I've been walking with Christ for years. Never thought about them scriptures like that. Always thought about Psalms as more of a poetic, you know, type love letter or, or, or you know, distress signal to God. But I'm telling you, some of this stuff, I'm like, David, David, you know, but he was in war, you know. So, so we cannot 
we cannot allow the falsehoods and the lies of the enemy to distract us because ultimately his objective is to defeat us. So if we're if we're not saturating ourselves with God's truth, but we're saturating ourselves with media and television and internet, you know, it's so so much information out there, but it's not the truth. It's not even fact. Especially in this political season, everybody got an agenda. We all got a narrative. We always we all got something we want to sell or or want people to believe. What we receive from people are filtered versions of their truth. That's why the word of God says, saturate yourself, saturate yourself with truth to ward off those lies of the enemy. Get into his word. Sometimes I just turn on gospel music and just sit before the Lord and listen. He'll he'll speak to you. Then you got to live right. (laughs) You got to live right. Well, Paul was talking about the breastplate of righteousness. He's, He's talking about living right. He's talking about living and 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 being um righteous before God not engaging in sinful behavior not allowing or giving the enemy a platform to attack us because we ain't living right not engaging in addictive and destructive behavior that gives the enemy of uh legit claim <laughs> to bring against us and a lot and and see a lot of times it's not that we lost the power to engage with and defeat the enemy because that ain't going nowhere but sometimes we get so guilt-ridden because we know the lifestyles we we're living that we won't even engage in warfare because we feel like we already defeated. So that's one side of it. The other side is, yeah, you got to be careful because you don't want to get in warfare and get on a level of warring that you're not equipped to war at because you're so bogged down with sin. You got to learn how to walk in the spirit. Ephesians 6 and 15, with your feet fitted, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The readiness. You got to be ready. You got to be a soldier ready to fight. You got to be properly and appropriately armed. You got to learn how and learn to be sensitive to the ebb and the flow of this battle. You got to be sensitive to the warning of the Holy Spirit. You got to know how to hear from him. You got to walk with him and talk with him. You got to listen to the Spirit of God. There's peace in the gospel. Believe it or not, Jesus said he left peace with us. 
It's all right. If 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 you ain't walking in the spirit and you're not living in peace, you need to up the ante on your warfare. You need to pray and get into the presence of God. You got to put on the shield of faith. You got to believe in God. You have to choose to believe God. Even when you're under attack. I oftentimes quote Job where he said, Though I can't trace you, I trust.